Howdy. Welcome to Undersampled Radio, the show where we talk science, tech, oil, business, politics, and more. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Graham. Together, we're the hosts of this circus. To follow the conversation, make suggestions, or rant and rave, please visit the forum Software Underground at swung.rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Undersampled Radio. What episode is this, Matt? It's, uh, it's episode 32. Well, any comment there? Well, I mean, we missed the 32nd episode because this is... Oh, my God, this again. <laughs> oh, my God. The zero index that gets you every time. Uh, but, you know, I, it's a nice number. Like, the actual digits themselves are pleasing. I'm going to leave it alone. It, we, no, I'm not going to leave it alone. One more So let's thing. get to 63. Well, there, We're going to go crazy on 63. Or Okay. Is that the plan? Or do you want to do 62 yeah. or 64 or what? Let's stick to the plan like, of two. Okay, so you want to do the 63rd episode. Well, episode index 63, yeah. Okay. The 64th episode. Okay. I mean, you remember how crazy we went on episode 15. Everyone remembers insane. that. Yeah, obviously. People are still Sp talking about it. Speaking of episode, so I'm just, I just want fireworks, man. <laughs> I don't do fireworks, okay? We've I was terrified of fireworks as a child. Um I call sensible children. As a rule, huh? Well, and so we we moved to Nova Scotia and you know there's lots of Brits around here. Obviously my wife and I are British and we thought, oh let's have a Guy Fawkes night. Let's do Guy Fawkes. Yeah. Just like the old times with treacle toffee and hot chocolate and toffee apples and all the rest of it. And fireworks, obviously, and a fire and an effigy of a man, uh, which you burn uh, for, for a lark, right? Because he tried yeah. to blow up the Houses of Parliament and was a Catholic. And so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we didn't, we didn't burn the effigy of a Catholic, but we did get fireworks. And uh, how many, I think we did this twice. It was pretty scary, let me just say that. We got, my fears were assuaged by the fact that we had a guy who was like ex-RCMP officer, had done all the kind of fire training that you have to do, loved pyrotechnics, was well into it. That one ended with, in a, basically that one ended with him going, uh-oh, and me having to run to get a fire extinguisher because the entire box of what fireworks we had left at that point had caught fire. The box huh. was melting and the ground was on fire. So that needed a fire extinguisher. And then the following year, uh, fireworks started falling over and going sideways, and one little girl unfortunately did get slightly burnt. Not badly, no. not terribly badly. Oh, there were, let's just put it this way, there were sparks. There were sparks. More sparks than most people were comfortable with. Two years in a row. Yeah, so after that we were like, yeah, let's let's not do, like, Skyfox is stupid, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get over that whole episode. Yeah. The House of Parliament is still there, disaster averted. It's all good. <laughs> Man, that's just bad luck. I mean, Guy Fawkes paid the price hmm. at the time. There's no need to keep going on. There's no need to sacrifice children in, in the modern, in the 21st century. <laughs> Actually, I say that, he didn't really pay the price because he was taken, they were drawn from the tower to wherever it is that they execute people or executed people in what, early 17th century? And uh, by so they dragged them on behind horses through the streets. Right. And then they made them go up the scaffolding to be hanged before they were torn to pieces and sent to different parts of the country. He fell off the scaffolding, broke his neck, and died. Oh. So, uh, yeah. It was a happy ending, really, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I want to move past... The fireworks, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, you, you're in this little phone booth. What could go wrong? I mean, you, you've got an isolated space there. You could just set some off, and, and worst case scenario is that they, they're just contained in that little space. I just leave the room and <laughs> come back in half an hour. Yeah, that used to be a real thing, didn't it, indoor fireworks? They were, uh, I remember those. Oh, is it not a thing still? I don't know. I've no, 
I haven't seen any since I was about 10 years old. I just use regular fireworks. I just use them <laughs> indoors. Indoors, right. Yes. Um, the mortars are especially surprising. Um, <laughs> so no confetti, no fireworks. It's episode 32. That's uh, how, how many, we're, uh, we're six minutes in and we're still on the intro. So yeah, we're still on a completely unseasonal uh, <laughs> it, story about the 5th of November. Oh, we can call it, uh, we can call it the, um, the intro with a bang. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, note on hardware setup. So you may remember listeners that I didn't drop out of the call last week. Huh? Do you remember that, Matt? It was pretty impressive. Momentous. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm not going to say what I want to say, but <clears throat> I'm just going to say that I have high hopes today will be a good show. That's all I'm going to say. Now, secondarily, look at this. You're not going to see this if you're on the radio, but if you're on our YouTube channel, you can check out this pile <laughs> of <laughs> headphone cable. Look, it's going up to my ear here. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. pile of headphone cable. I'm not exactly sure where this came from or why I have it, uh, but I have like a hundred and fifty foot long headphone cable uh, in in the uh, studio today. So look, I can get up, I can dance around. Oh, I crashed into something. I'm in a wheelie chair. I'm zipping around the office. This is a. Uh, it gives me a lot more freedom, and that just makes me feel like <clears throat> the episode is going to be a good one. Yeah. Nice. You got any news? <laughs> I uh, well, uh, I, I've been spending the morning thinking about the machine learning contest, which um, is drawing soon to a close. I think we've got twelve days left or something. I tweeted this morning. Uh, Twenty, like the the thing will finish on the thirty first of January. If you're still trying to get your act together, you've got a little bit of time. It's the the leadership has just changed a couple of times actually in the last few days. Um, somebody had done some pretty nifty feature engineering on um, the logs, the well logs, and um, run some uh, filters on them and that kind of thing. You, all the code is open, so you can go and see precisely what they did. And that is what uh, two of the other contestants did. In fact, they they took uh, Paolo's cunning feature engineering stuff and um, added their own little bit of seasoning. Uh, in one case, I think just engineering one more feature, and in the other case, using a different classifier instead of the random forest that Paolo had originally. Paolo Bestagini is the chat that I'm talking about, and um, have since beaten him. So now the, the top team right now is uh, WhoMath, the Houston mathematicians, I think they're ex-University of Houston mathematics students. Uh, I, I believe one of them may even be at CGG now in Houston. And they're at the top with 0.63. So it's... Pretty good. Yeah, that is a pretty good score. Um, quite clear of the next place, which from memory is 0.606, I think. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what goes on in the last few days if people are kind of going to start holding on to their submissions and maybe oh, waiting yes. for the last minute. Um, because I've been a bit surprised, actually, that it's taken how few people have been ag aggressively using other people's code and ideas and stuff. Like, that has not happened much. Most people have been out doing their own thing, yep. um, maybe with some inspiration from others, but not kind of actual code, say. So it, I'm kind of curious to see if everyone kind of piles on this uh, approach that Paolo's taken. Maybe we'll see more Random Forest and XG Boost, even more. Um, yeah, so let's see if we can get over 0.65. Uh, that would be that would be kind of exciting, because that's a long way from where we started at like 0.41, I think, was the original validated score from the, the tutorial. So yeah. If you're like me, you've been holding on to not only your submission, but uh, your next round of work on the machine learning <laughs> contest. <laughs> That's one way of holding on to your submission, I think. Uh -huh. Just don't do it yet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I'm, I'm hoping that there are 
a bunch of, it'll be like eBay, you know, bids go up the last five minutes of action. I saw on the software underground the other day, someone asking you if they could, if they could submit it the very last second. Uh, and then later on after the submission had closed, if they could submit some ancillary, uh, comments and things like this. Um, so that leads me to believe that there's going to be a lot of last minute action. Yeah, uh, I hope so. I've got a secret. Well, it's not a secret, is it? If I tell you, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've got an up until now secret <laughs> hope to see um, 100 submissions. So I think right now we're at something like 92, something like that. Really? From, wow. Yeah, I think so. Um, you've got to go look at the pull requests and see how many uh, actual pull requests have been because they get numbered by issue in GitHub. So you've got to go look at how many closed PRs there are, but, um, and I'm pretty sure all the pull requests have been actual submissions. And it's something like 23 teams have submitted to. So, it, you know, uh, as you know, I'm all about uh, arbitrary milestones and- um, And no milestones nice. at all. It'd be, <laughs> be nice to see 100. We will be uh, furiously writing um, a little kind of write up about the competition for the March issue of the Leading Edge. If anybody's listening and has participated, um, we're probably going to ask people if they wouldn't mind giving a small bio, maybe giving us permission to use a headshot from GitHub, or if they don't have one, sending us a headshot. Because uh, I'd love to have something in there about the actual people and what motivated them and just who they are, really, because some of the teams are kind of anonymous. Um, you know, so yeah, if you're listening and you've, you've entered, uh, we're going to be asking you for that, or you can get ahead of it and just send it. That'd be awesome. Thank you in advance. Where should they send that? On uh, you can, um, yeah, maybe just email me, matt at agilescientific.com, or uh, get me on Twitter, or like at mention me in GitHub from your pull request, or something like that. Any of those will get my attention. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've got some news that's less important than that. Oh, I'm sure it isn't. Go on, hit me. What is it? Undersampled Radio has a new, improved YouTube page. I heard a rumor about this. So I was playing around on our YouTube page last week, and I realized that it looks like crap. And oh, I couldn't figure out why that was, so I talked to somebody, and it got fixed. And now it looks like a... YouTube page of someone who knows what they're doing. Surprise, wow. surprise. We so, may want to change that. <laughs> so false advertising aside, um, it looks uh, fancy pantsy. Um, there's a there's a nice picture of Matt and I from the holiday episode up there now. Um, so you can go check that out. It's easier to search our videos. And more importantly than that, uh, two, two things. One is I figured out how to uh, move shuffle videos over from my old, from my personal YouTube account, which for whatever reason, back in our hardware shuffling uh, RSS changing days, not all the videos were on undersampled radio. They are now. And it goes all the way back to episode 11, which is the first episode we shot uh, live with video. Um, so you can go back and see all of Matt's cool outfits from. Uh, <laughs> A while ago, six months maybe. Oh, um, that doesn't get people looking at the no, I was, catalog. I don't know what will. I've, so I had to go back and look at all these videos, and uh, I realized that I'm always sitting in the same place, wearing the same stupid thing. And you've got little sailor shirts and cool venues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my sailor costume. I love that. Okay, so even more importantly than that, though, is that all of our videos are now copyrighted under Creative Commons with attribution, which means, and I'm hoping that this happens, that someone, one of our listeners, goes in there and puts together a mashup of all the stupid things we've ever said. Yeah. So if you like Featuring editing videos, if you like That's editing videos nonsense. and making fools of us, <clears throat> please do so. That is all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, that's great. Um, all about the Creative Commons. I, I wonder how many people nowadays kind of get, like, know what Creative Commons is and could articulate roughly why it's awesome or even why it exists. Well, I feel like you want to articulate that to us, so let it rip. 
Well, I, I, I mean, I have, I've banged on about that for, you know, quite a long time. And, um, but I, so I'm sort of so far into it now that I, I no longer really have a good sense of whether anybody else even um, knows what these things are. But anyway, Creative Commons is uh, run by Lawrence Lessig, or at least he founded it, who's a lawyer, a big advocate of open access and um, essentially, you know, freedom, if you like, as it pertains to the internet. And Creative Commons then set out to sort of formalize some licenses that depend on copyright and not anti-copyright or they are they depend on the existence of copyright and exploit it, its existence um but which grant a, a, an automatic um perpetual open license to other people to reuse your work without them having to ask permission because that's the the kind of catch normally is you know uh, there's there are fair use clauses and so on that are a little bit of a gray area, but in general you have to be granted explicit permission to use other people's work, and sometimes the granting of that permission requires the payment of some kind of fee. So, for instance, when we used so this so you know this is kind of interesting uh, when we used the the image in in our first year physics book, there's a a drawing there by uh, Leonardo da Vinci from one of his notebooks. So this was drawn in, you know, 16th century. And um, we wanted to use it. And the only sort of available high resolution scan of that notebook is owned by the British Library. So they own the scan. So clearly the book's out of copyright. Oh. Their image of the book is copyright. And if you'd like to use that image, you need to get, you need to get a license. And Sorry, I thought the story was going to you somehow trying to ask Leonardo da Vinci for permission to use his work. <laughs> Luckily, he'd scribbled in the margin. Any geophysicist who'd like to use this in the future. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so we had to, we paid, I think, a hundred pounds um, to reuse that image for, the, you know, in the book in the way that we have. Um, but I mean, the, the, the price depends on the cost. And we've asked about other things. Uh, we asked SPE about using something. Actually, no, this was for a course. I wanted 20 photocopies of an, uh, chap part of a chapter, a short chapter from one of their books. That was uh, going to cost me over $600 to do that for a class, for educational purposes. Well, right? so it's, it's could, one of the things about Creative Commons licenses is that they're free. Right. So rather than paying 100 pounds for one image, you can have thousands of images compiled in video form from undersampled radio for free. Nice. How's that for a deal? Huh? It's, we're leaving a lot of money on the table there, Grant. Just Ooh, think. Our great, great success is, is yours for free. Um, who is Aaron Swartz? And I don't know much about Aaron Swartz, I'm afraid. I, I, I don't want to sound like Donald Trump on this answer, but I try not to have heroes. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know a lot about him. I couldn't really talk about it. I know he was a big advocate of open access, was hounded by the FBI, and committed suicide. Um, at, at least he partly. He found Creative Commons. Okay. I, and, I don't know much about that. Okay. Well, read about it because it's an interesting story. And this is a guy who dedicated everything to allowing undersampled radio to give you free crap. Absolutely. Um, so that concludes my undersampled radio business. <clears throat> what about Toronto? Toronto, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, so a couple of years back, we had a guest post on our blog um, by Yelena Markov and I can't remember someone else uh, who were, were at the time students who'd attended a hackathon in Perth called Unearthed. And uh, this hackathon was basically around the mining industry and mining industry problems. So the, the hackathon is a little bit different from ours insofar as the problems are defined in advance and then teams come and work on those problems. Teams can be any size. And um, I gather they've run several. They ran quite a few of these things over you know, the previous few years in Australia. And last year, I believe, did one 
I'm not sure if it was Denver or San Francisco. I think it was San Francisco, but they are running them in Denver, San Francisco again, I believe, and Toronto. So this will be the first one in Canada. And um, pretty exciting because they are much more legit. <laughs> so, I mean, they're being run by, a, these people have been funded, I think by possibly the, the Australian government. I'm not totally sure where their funding came from originally, but it's a pretty slick outfit. They're super focused on it. They seem to get really great engagement, cool prizes, substantial prizes, uh, lots of industry sponsorship. And like I say, this extra layer of industry involvement because the industry is defining the problems. Um, so it's a three day, I think they call it like 54 hour or something like that. Um, it's like eight till midnight. Um, well, no, something like Friday evening and then all day Saturday and almost all day Sunday. So whatever it adds up to a bunch of time. And um, I'm taking uh, Evan and uh, Diego Castaneda, who we, uh, we work with quite a bit. Um, and his partner, uh, and uh, we, so the four of us are going to go compete in the Toronto edition. And I'm hoping, if anyone's listening and they're in Canada, or especially in Toronto, and especially if they're in the mining industry, like, uh, get a team together, and we'll see you there, because it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that'll be the first hackathon I've been to as a non-organizer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. because <laughs> I don't win actually, that sucker. actually know what they are. Yeah. Well, do you know of any other hackathons coming up in June? Uh, do you have a oh, oh, an index card sorry. in front of you on the table? Sorry. Wow, I'm, I'm so on it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so wait. Do, 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 do. I can do. Tune into YouTube right now if you're listening to this. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. There. oh check it there out. There it is, the Subsurface Hackathon at the EAGE. Hosted sponsored by Agile by... Scientific, sponsored by Dell EMC. Uh, my your video Total. feed is too blurry to read the rest of those. Uh, go ahead, you read it. Total, Sandstone, and Agile. I'm sorry, I corrupted your uh, your logo for the purpose of making a tiny postcard. But um, yeah, it's uh, like I say, I, <laughs> I, I've got Total on there. They haven't actually sort of uh, signed anything yet. Well, not just Dell, but I, I trust those guys. Um, I mean, I trust Total too, but the, we're negotiating their involvement, but it sounds like they're going to go for it. So I've been sending these postcards to a few profs in Europe in the hope that they will disperse them among their students and put up a couple of posters for me um, and not just go, what the heck is this and throw it in the bin? <laughs> Probably half of them will do, let's face it. Um, I hope, well, I hope they don't throw it in the bin. I hope they at least recycle the uh, quite nice cardstock that, I, that I'm sending these on. Um, or turn it over and use the back as a little piece of notepaper. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you get at least a couple of shopping lists out of that. And uh, and then also come along and bring their students. Cause a couple of shopping lists. It's going to be fun times. It is going to be fun times. I'm excited about it. Um, oh, I want to... Yeah. I want to... But ask you about blogging. Ah, interesting. Yes. I started a blog. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, is, what's the uh, remind me and our listeners what the URL is? Gramophone. That assumes I remember the URL. Let me go back in the notes. Gramophone.tumblr.com. Uh, there's there is a post up there right now which just says. Hi, I'm starting a blog. Um, so, a couple of questions. One, the first one you've touched on before. Why should I and whoever write a blog? Well, why are you writing a blog? Why did you start it? Yeah, good question. You can. That's what yeah. the first blog post is about. You can read it right now. It's up there. Okay. Um, well, one of the reasons that I started it is because I'm inspired by you and your cohort of uh, technical, passionate writers doing your thing. Um, I don't know. It's just an, a, another avenue for creativity that is uh, set in a non-commissioned environment. And that's kind of cool. I mean, I do, I do lots of things that are restricted by commercial restraint. And this way, I can just... Hmm. 
blab on about what it's kind of like under sampled radio, except in, <laughs> in a little, a little less formal form, if you can believe that. Um, I wanted to, I, so I wrote a guest blog for agile's blog last year and really enjoyed doing that. I don't get the chance to do a whole lot of non-technical writing and I want to do some more of it. So anticipate non-technical stuff on the blog. It's not going to be as informative as the Agile blog, and it's certainly going to be a lot sillier. Um, I don't know. could be fun. Whatever. That's why I'm doing it. Why do you do it? Yeah, I, um, it's a bit of a compulsion, to be honest. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just a frightful old bore, but I mean, I like um, banging on about stuff. And like you say, it's the sort of unencumbered way to just sort of write freely. And so part part of it for me is note taking um, for for my own benefit, so that I you know write something up in a kind of nutshell um, for my future self. And and, and the sort of un working under the assumption that well, if I found this tricky and couldn't find anything on the internet that helped me solve my exact problem, then I should put it out there in case someone else is looking. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, I must say, I feel like one of the things that I really wanted to see more of that got that pro provoked me into blogging in the first place was um, public opinion, because I really feel like, especially on the industrial side of things, there are really very few outlets for opinions, like genuine opinions. Um, you know, most of what you see, not most, a large amount of what you see in the industry press, so to speak, is basically just recycled press releases. You know, right. it's, um, it, it's unopinionated journalism. So you read something about the latest release of Petrel, and it's not going to be critical in any way whatsoever. Um, not that Petrel needs criticizing, but I mean, there's just no, very few avenues around for people saying what they really think about stuff, uh, whether it's corporate behavior, software, uh, community, um, stuff you know the how we engage uh, what kind of opportunities are open to us all that stuff so and to be honest i don't do as much of that as i wish i did um and that's i think partly a function of being a little bit outside of stuff here in nova scotia you know i don't go to meetings and get provoked into kind of uh, a frenzy fire. Yeah. Are you telling so, us that you don't get provoked into frenzies? I mean, I come back from almost every conference with, in not in a frenzy exactly, but with at least half a dozen, uh, yeah, at least half a dozen draft blog posts on stuff that's driving me crazy or, you know, that I have an opinion about. So I, I, I wish there was more of that around and I encourage you to, go on some rants and uh, unpack, you know, you can unpack complex things on your blog. You can right. spread things out over multiple um, right. posts and address a bit of complexity that you can't really do. It certainly can't do in Twitter. And I think it is a bit hard to do maybe even in the podcast. Maybe that's not true. Well, um, on Twitter, there is the 140 character constraint, which makes it impossible to detail thought. Yeah. On the podcast, there's the real time. My, my I'm, maybe your brain can keep up, but my brain can't keep up with yeah. all of these things. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna That's use right. it as sort of a way to expand on the Twitter thoughts and uh, reflect on the undersampled radio thoughts. Yeah, yeah, and actually, you know, the last thing Twitter needs is like, well, well ranting. Maybe this is well. Just uh, I tend to keep stuff that I feel like is is an opinion off Twitter because I it's not a place to have those nuanced conversations. True. You know, and, and the last thing it probably needs right now is more um, inflammatory <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but I mean, but blogs, I don't know, blogs aren't great places for, I mean, I feel like they're good for starting conversations, but they're a bit stilted if you're going through the comments or something like that. It's not right. ideal either. Um, the pro I mean, the best place for conversation is the pub, uh, you know, but I, I, you know, is it one of those 
in a way is similar to what drove us to do the books, right? Is I really wanted the books to be, and I think the books are to some extent, it's pub talk. It's the sort of stuff that you're not going to write a paper about, but you're in, you're interested in, or it excites you in a way that you, you know, geeky people might sit around and, um, and get excited about over coffee or beers or whatever. And I feel like, we, I feel like as well as opinion, opinions, one whole chunk of stuff we need more of in our, media in our industry but um like we talked about the other day with chris fun is another thing like cheekiness and having fun with our science and um not chit chat exactly but there's another layer that is kind of pu that pub talk you know just sort of random uh intelligent and thoughtful but uh, essentially random wondering about things um incomplete thoughts maybe you could say so that a paper doesn't have to be 14 pages plus appendices it can be two pages of hey i was playing around with this the other day and i don't understand this result yeah what gives you know i'd love to see more of that well prepare yourself because it's coming awesome. who who uh proofs your blog posts do you pay an editor or something dude Look at his face. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was hoping for. No, they don't. Uh, Evan and I read each other's. Um, you know, my, my wife reads them. Uh, she's an editor, so I guess she does. But um, she, I, I don't. She usually sees them afterwards and then gives me kind of post hoc <laughs> typos and stuff. Uh, I could probably use an editor because. I notice our posts have got longer and longer. Like they used to be two or three paragraphs, and nowadays they're kind of unhelpfully long. I think they're harder to write. We used to have a lower kind of threshold for oh, I'll just write that up and and put that out, and it's maybe an hour of my time. And some of our posts now are taking me, you know, I'm like drafting figures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, which is frustrating because it means that we go like. I haven't written a post for over a week now, and I'm starting to feel the kind of the monsters breathing down my neck. Hmm. Even though at last count, I had at least 125 drafts, which is wow, bonkers. Yeah. So, at the rate we're publishing right now, that is enough for three years worth of blog posts. <laughs> <laughs> if I would only finish one, yes. so sad. Oh. Anyway, so we've also started several series a to z we started and we've totally stalled on that at what letter r. are you on we're, <laughs> we're on r yeah yeah I, th I think the last one i did was q yeah well it's okay. it's okay i mean at least it wasn't uh, like e. yeah yeah fair enough but still i mean it's been six years now <laughs> oh okay it's like come on guys oh, yeah. um, and the other series we have is uh what's it called like famous geophysicists i think and and we started that so kind of tangentially, really, or just so far back in time that when there's no such thing as geophysics. So these people are, we haven't even got to anyone who would have called themselves a geophysicist yet. We're still doing people like, <laughs> <laughs> like Fourier, Gauss. It's ridiculous. So, uh, like, I just want to get to the geophysicists, really. I feel like that would be a, you know, we're still on the, we haven't got to post zero yet. Um, if anyone wants to help with the <laughs> series, I'd gladly accept. Gladly accept the help if someone would like to. I've got on the wiki, there's like the list of all the geophysicists we haven't done yet. So beware of starting series, my friend. Yeah. Well, I will start series under the assumption that <laughs> they'll end after E or something. So. Um, yeah, start very short series of things. Yeah, um, yeah. You can count, um, you know, instead of decimal, one to ten. You're you're a fan of changing bases, right? So just have a binary series, and you only get up to one. So you um, you write you host your blog on your own site, which mm. I assume means that you're actually writing in Markdown. No, no, no. We're writing in a in a content management system in a CMS that does. You can write in Markdown in there, but I only use Markdown when I need 
Mass special, or yeah. special stuff. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to write in Markdown. It's also a dynamic host. It's not one of these static sites like a lot of cool kids use um, GitHub, for instance, to publish static sites. Um, yep. So it's more like a WordPress or something like that. But it's fully hosted, completely hands off. Like I'm not very cool when it comes to the blogging software. Yeah. I'm much more like, I'll give someone a couple of hundred bucks and they'll make an awesome website for me kind of thing. It's not a person. It's a, it's a, I manage it all myself, but um, their software is really nice. Squarespace's software, I really like it. Which, incidentally, is the same host we use for the undersampled radio page and was one of my uh, evaluations for hosting platforms for my blog. I have decided on, and that makes it sound a little more decisive than it is. But for right now, I'm using Tumblr, as I mentioned before, um, because I like the, the accessibility and the social aspect of the platform. So if you haven't used Tumblr before, and I hadn't until now, um, you can interact with people in the same social setting uh, as something like a Facebook or a Twitter or something like that. Um, it's kind of cool. Thumbs up, uh, like this, retweet, re-blog, um, I guess. Um, pretty neat. So I'm hoping for a little bit of feedback, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, also hoping to meet some folks, as I did when I started doing professional Twitter. So um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. That's what I'm using for now. And also, I don't. Um, it's it's easy to use. You just write. And you don't have to worry about markdown. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's I played a little bit with Tumblr years ago, but I quite liked that you could essentially make a post out of an image, yep. essentially just an image with a caption kind of thing. And I mean, which you can do on any platform, I guess. But Tumblr has quite a nice kind of um, concept of different styles of post, yes. which I, I quite liked. And there's a, and they sort of I think they scroll forever, don't they, Daniel? Blog once you've got lots. Yep. You can just scroll through them forever, yeah. Um, yeah, so one footnote to blogging, I guess, is as blog readers, if um, I we've mentioned before, I think, I use the old reader uh, as a blog reader. I really like it. You can just, so if you're having trouble kind of keeping up with, oh, how do I find all these blogs and how do I um, remember to read them and that kind of thing, you don't have to like keep a bunch of bookmarks and just remember to go click on them from time to time. You can just keep the old reader, give it the, blogs you want to sort of subscribe to, and it will collect them all together for you. It's quite nice. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Well, check back in in a year and see what I've done. Maybe I will have only ever posted one blog post. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> hey, I'm reading a book called The Gene, An Intimate History by Siddhartha Mukherjee. It is awesome. Hmm. Have you heard of it? I haven't, no. Oh, you need to read it. Uh, the author is a medical doctor. He is also a medical researcher. He researches cancer. And uh, he just said a couple years ago, let me just go out and win the Pulitzer Prize. And just did that. And, um, you know, no big deal. Yeah. So he's that was his, his previous book. I have a link here in the notes. It's called, hold on, slow internet connection. Hold on, an emperor of, all maladies. Um, so I that's that's the book before the gene. Um, so the reason that I really like this book so much, and I'm only a quarter of the way through, uh, is that it is an incredibly detailed account of genetic research and genomics and the history of each subfield therein written in a way that that uh, follows people instead of following research. Um, so it's, it's actually many, many stories um, that are all put together in a chronological fashion, a loosely chronological fashion. Um, but you get to, uh, the author introduces a person and talks about his work and all this, and, and eventually you realize he's talking about Charles Darwin. And so it's, yeah, man, it's, it's really a fascinating book. Um, That's cool. So put it on the list if you haven't yet. It's a good one.
All right, cheers. Yeah, um, I don't think I have any book recommendations right now. I'm reading. <laughs> I really like comics. Not, not. I'm not, not like uh, DC. You know, superheroes and stuff like that. Uh, just sort of graphic novels, especially, but also a couple of. I have sort of a weak spot for a couple of slightly silly and quite esoteric comics. Uh, right now, I'm reading a Leonard annual. Uh, I believe there are about 20 or 30 of these. Um, I'm not sure if they're available in English, so they're 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 in French. But um, it's you know it. I, I find it reasonably easy to follow. I'm not a brilliant uh, French speaker by any stretch of the imagination, and um, obviously there's pictures, right? So, but what I like about them, it's about Leonardo da Vinci, second mention in one show. Uh, you know, I mean, extremely loosely based on Leonardo da Vinci. Basically, it's about an inventor with a sidekick who he's pretty pretty mean to and the sidekick has to like test all the inventions so he gets <laughs> essentially he gets to get in the flying machine <laughs> yeah and and in the in the true kind of you know in the same kind of spirit as that brilliant show roadrunner um it he gets truly pulverized at every turn so it, it's it's kind of just childishly amusing I'm sure I've mentioned before that I love Tintin. Um, that's the other thing I read as a sort of comfort reading. Yes. But yeah, I'm not out on the lookout for some good graphic novels, actually. I haven't read uh, read one for a, for a little while. Um, the last one I read was called Democracy um, by the same guy that wrote uh, Drew Logic Comics. Gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I, think, I, think he's, I think he's Greek, in fact, but... Um, it's about the beginnings of democracy, so the story of the sort of flowering of democracy. It's very, very good. Really, this is a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. huh. um, yeah. Anyway, my my kids are so into reading. Like I'm reading Harry Potter at the moment to my youngest. Which one? first time I've read Harry Potter? First one, first book. Oh yeah. Just get I don't know how many I'm going to go through, but yeah. This do you call it the philosophers or sorcerers? I forget which. They're different, right? In the U.S. Oh. Uh... I showing my Harry Potter ignorance at the moment. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone? Question mark. Yeah, I, I can't remember either which way around it goes. But anyway, it's it's quite good. It's a bit better than I was expecting it to be. It's um, my sister. You know. My little sister is a is a great fan of Harry Potter. Just loves. So I really hope she's not listening to the show because then she'll know that I don't remember if it's the Sorcerer's Stone or not. Um, good. Uh, yeah, well, you're my, love them. Yeah, I, well, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, it's more or less impossible to have a conversation with my oldest daughter, who's 12, uh, about anything without at least knowing some Harry Potter trivia because it's all she's really interested in. So, <laughs> Well, catch up, man. Um, have you seen the movies? Uh, I've seen two or three of them, I would say, yeah, with the kids. Okay. I like the first one. That was my favorite, favorite one that I've seen so far. I, th yeah. I like that kind of, sort of the introduction to the world. Go in that direction. Um, yes, very cool. Very fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, is anyone going to NAPE in Houston in a couple weeks? Anybody? Anybody out there? You going to NAPE? All right. <laughs> I've been uh, waiting. I'm just trying to use some more of those Google effects because they're going <laughs> away in April. <clears throat> I love it. Um, our local... Department of Energy folks will be, I think, they go every year. Go and say hi to them. The Nova Scotia connection. Yeah. It's All a right. cute cake. You're, so you're you kind of, you're, you sort of occupy the lower half of, um, of the screen. So that cake was basically right over your face. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell that from your little view of yourself. Is, uh, here. When well, you go, again, yeah, when again, you're there. I have there, a very long, I have a long oh, that's cable good. here on the head. How's this? If I sit, if pre the audio probably sounds very poor from here. It's so now, a bit more echoey, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, you're you're in the middle now. Yeah, I'm so, I apologize. I didn't know that my my video was inadequate. Here, let me. What if I just turn my camera? Inadequate is a strong word. Um, it's just a bit crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, uh, so you're not going to name. No. Okay. What's it, my God, people? What, what what do you mean? Well, my God. I mean, no one's going to name. That's why the cricket thing. No one's going to name. 
Yeah, it seems but, like to me. But, uh, but, but should they be? Well, but they usually do. Okay. I just am feeling a lot of disinterest this year. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. So uh, I'll be there for a day. Um, so if anyone listening wants to meet up, let well, me know. Well, you're making it sound very tempting. I'm not going to know anyone. <laughs> Yeah. Well. Okay. So I guess Nape's dead. Um, next. Next. Where's the? What's the next thing in the list? Um, I have a link there to my seismic self-organizing map, which is completely uncompleted. That's gone on the back burner. Glad that I started working on the project. So Matt's um, not only inspired me to start writing a blog, but also he's inspired me to start working on machine learning over the past year or so. Um, the machine learning contest was cool. That really kicked off my interest in deep neural nets and I have a list of, th do you have a, here's another, here's a question. Do you have a list, physical, like explicit list of things to learn? Uh, no, I have a list of things to do that would require me learning something. So it's kind of amounts to the same thing. No, well, no, I don't think it, I don't think it's the same thing. Oh, okay. No, because the list of things to do is too uh, goal oriented in a way. Yeah. I don't mean, <laughs> this is, yeah, that's a stupid idea. Sorry. I'm just being silly. Playfulness. I, yeah. I, get I, what just, I just want a little silliness in my learning. I'm not talking about, uh, here's the, here's my list of things to do. <clears throat> right. It's not uh, as interpret, uh, seismic to find oil target, uh, go to grocery store. Uh, blah, 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 okay, here's my list of things to learn. Uh, learn what a seismic self-organizing map would look like. Go uh, learn how to uh, bake a cake. Um, but you see, see, you see but the no, no. well, I would just say like the bake a cake. So my item would be bake a cake. And if if I don't already know how to do that, I have, have to learn, to learn how to it. Make a cake. Hmm. So uh, you know, I I feel like it's basically the same idea. I'm just except uh, that I never actually have to do anything. On yeah, yeah. List. For me, the focus is on the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that some things on the list are are healthier. In theory, than they are learn, learn on the it. dinner table. But you know. There's no point in having a goal like learn Italian. The goal should be move to Italy. Well, sure. <laughs> or, or, you know, win the Italian equivalent of the Pulitzer Prize or um, yeah. mm. something like that. Something achievable. Okay. <laughs> write, a, um. write a poem to my lady love in, in Italian. That is actually frighteningly uh, suitable. <laughs> um, where was I? No, there was a reason that I started talking about the list of things to learn, which was oh, one. oh, the machine. Yeah. The, okay, I have one. Machine learning and on there. On the list. No, not just machine learning, but subsections of machine learning philosophy. One <laughs> right. of which was <laughs> self-organizing maps, and glad I did that. Also, on there are recurrent neural networks and LSTMs, etc. So. Uh, moving through that list, and one of the things that I have feel like I've moved through is self-organizing maps, and glad I did it. Uh, maybe I'll f eventually finish that project, but who knows. Um, but I learned something, so that's lovely. Yeah, you know, I would encourage you, though, to think about, to put, some, put more emphasis on the shipping end of the process. Like, you know, that's uh, that's a background, is it? It's sure is. Okay, it's not quite right, though, is it? Because it, it fades. So Graham's now got this kind of uh, Tetris. Well, what do you call that? Checkerboard. Well, it's not a checkerboard, but anyway, pattern behind him. But it's actually uh, covering his his shoulders as well. And it it It'll move them around more, maybe. It no. blends in <clears throat> shipping. I hear you. Have a goal. Get it done. I think. Be driven. Have you really done it? If you haven't. Until you've sold it. Yeah. Well, sold it. There you go. I mean, yeah, okay. 
see so that's the bit of the uh that's the bit that i don't have i wish i had more of that like well, where actually, does the shipping come from then well ship, I, I mean for me shipping it means give that away for free and put all the code on github <laughs> i see okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean by your own logic doesn't it isn't it worth less if no one's willing to pay for it huh uh, have you, you haven't won the Pulitzer of anything if you if you have to give it away. I, I mean, I, I'm conflicted on that. Yeah, sure. I I totally hear you. I'm uh, my my gut instinct is always against the sales and the importance of that aspect. But you know, obviously, the longer you spend as a consultant, the more you start to realize that yeah, actually, if you do build something and no one wants it um, or is prepared to pay you for it, is it useful no i guess it isn't basically i don't think it is that kills me to say that but it's hard to come I, to any other conclusion it's okay right? you're in a safe place you're in a safe place <laughs> help me <laughs> okay <laughs> got another one in okay we're out of here folks